Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. I just want to say, just because um, it means a lot to me um, to have my oldest daughter, Tony, and our uh, oldest daughter here, Liliana, and her husband is going to join her in just a few days, so we're looking forward to our son-in-law, too. But I'm so happy to have her home. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, it's really nice. And then, uh, but I'm also happy for um, different ones of you. I know you've gotten to be with family and friends, and you've already, some of you been on vacations, and and, uh, so we're thankful that you've had a good time going, and but we're happy that you came back, and and for those of you that are yet to go, uh, during this holiday time, we just are declaring um, uh, safety and, and God's blessing upon your life. Uh, while the ushers are in the aisles right now and being passed to you is something that I'm going to be referring to in this, in, uh, in this message that Tony told you about. It has to do forgetting about the things that are behind and pressing on to the things that are in front of us. This is a real, uh, real good Sunday. It is the tipping point between... Um, 2018 and 2019. Everything except for two days of this year are behind us, is in the rearview mirror. Everything in 2019 is yet in front of us. And so this year is an important year. I believe God has something to say into our heart. We've already asked him to help us and bless us in, in, um, in what he has for us to walk in and always knowing this, that we're not blessed because we hear the word, we're blessed because we do it. We come together and that there's something wonderful that happens when we do and the Bible tells us not to forsake coming together because there's something that he gives to us when we are all together. But it in, also in that time coming together, uh, he gives us a common word, uh, a word that he gives to the family. Uh, but this word is something that has to actually be done for it to affect our life. And so we'll look at that this morning. Um, if you can go ahead and put this up, forgetting the past and preparing for the future. And that's where we are this week, this Sunday. Forgetting the past and preparing for the future. And thank God, according to Jeremiah, the 29th chapter in verse 11, we do have a future. There is a future and a hope, and it's good. If you'll look in the Bible with me in Philippians, the third chapter, and verse 13, and we'll look at what the scripture has to say about forgetting the past and pressing on to the future. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it He's talking about his life's purpose and everything for him. Not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past 
and looking forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Now, I'd like you to look at this same verse of Scripture in another translation. In the, in the Passion Translation, it says this, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. Anybody want to join Paul and say that in 20, uh, 27, uh, 2018 that you didn't achieve everything of your life's purpose? Yeah, I would say so. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance. I like that picture, don't you? Where are we running? We're not running into um, just something that is obsolete or vague or just into the clouds of, into the clouds of we don't know what's going to happen. But Paul said this, I run in with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that God has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I want to stop there for just a moment. The one who's writing this, of course, is Paul. So what can come into somebody's mind is, yeah, he's the Apostle Paul. Of course, he has a call, a divine call, a divine purpose on his life. Actually, According to Ephesians, the second chapter, each one of us are a handiwork of his created in Christ Jesus unto a specific purpose that actually before you were, or, or you were born was already designed for you. In fact, that is why you were born. The purpose of your birth was for a particular reason and a particular call, you might say. So Paul was saying this, but each one of us could say this, and so um, I'd like us to all say it. Let's just quote this verse together, the same one that we just were reading. Let's all say it and claim it for ourselves as well. I admit, go ahead and out loud, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. But I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. The next verse goes ahead and says this. Don't depend on your own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Verse 14, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So he talks about forgetting the past, focusing on the future, and then running, running to gain a heavenly goal and a heavenly prize. Now, I want us to look at one more verse of Scripture before we dive into all of this. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and verse 1 is connected to what Paul said in Philippians. 
And it says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and the, those, that cloud of witnesses that he's talking about are people that have already gone to heaven, and they are observing our race as we're still living here on this earth. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So in both of these verses of Scripture, these places of Scripture, we see uh, that there is a race, that the time that we're on this earth is not just uh, pointless or wandering it can be that way if it's not being run as a race. But it is a race, and we are to run it. Now, during a race uh, is a time when if you were carrying a lot of stuff, you would shed those things, and, um, and you wouldn't want to carry them anymore. I'm looking back here at uh, uh, Christina. Could you come? I haven't told her this. This is just a surprise. You never know what's going to happen when you come to church. It <laughs> might end up on the platform. So, but if you could just come. And um, Christina, if you'll come, go ahead and come up here. You can help me. Um, Christina, you um, were a trainer. Did you train people in body? Oh, you trained yourself. Okay, well, that counts. <laughs> that counts. I, I don't even train myself. I just, uh, yeah. So, but if you could, do, but you have worked with weights and stuff. So, what happens with weights is that they are, uh, they're effective and they are beneficial to building muscles that actually, if you didn't use weights, those particular muscles, those sets of muscles would never be built. If you can start with the little guys first. Uh, are these the smallest ones? I think I've got smaller. We'll start with the smaller. I, actually, I've started with these that have never graduated. <laughs> Tony and I used to, we used to walk at the Daisy Hill Park, and I took these one time, and he had to finish carrying them for me. That <laughs> I will never take those with me again. But these, you know, these are just little, uh, you know, one kilo. <laughs> and, uh, and they end up being something that you can just... Now, to build muscles, though, aren't you glad I'm doing this to you today? <laughs> to build muscles, it is not just weights, is it? What else do you need? You're contracting them, but what also helps in the building of a muscle? Do you also have to eat potato chips? Okay, it, it also is important to eat good food. Have you, ever, have you ever experienced the delight of sleeping and waking up and finding great muscles? Really? Okay, she's being facetious. Anybody else wake up to find themselves in, a, in stunning condition, especially after the holidays, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Muscles don't just happen, do they? So you need a combination of not just good food coming in, but then weights like these actually can, can build, build weight. Now, so what I'd like you to do, 
I'm going to uh, just put these, uh, if you just put this over your shoulder and go ahead and you can put one in there and um, if you can just put this in here and put that on the other side. Um, after you have used that weight, those weights for a little while, they, they actually don't, they don't really feel so heavy, do they? And then you can graduate to something like this and, and work them. And if you work them for a little while and also eating good food, then you have the fuel and you have the, the components that are necessary uh, that when you do use weights, that it actually goes to muscle. So food without exercise actually um, may not go to muscle. It may go to parts of your body. <laughs> and um, so, but you, keep, you can keep on working that. And then you can work up to the next, the next weight. And uh, go ahead and put those in the, those bags. And um, <laughs> so, and, and with also with proper, with proper food coming in, and and you are uh, taking in a good, good diet, uh, not junk, but things that actually feed your muscles, and with proper exercise, these muscles are going to, they're going to grow. Lo and behold, and with constant exercise, this will happen. Go ahead and you can put those in the bag. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and I'll let you give those to her. Oy, 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 oy. Okay, so then, it's a little... You're not going to lift these ones. And I'm not even going to make you hold those very long. But do you want to put those in the bag? Probably not. <laughs> okay, now go ahead and turn this way. And would this be what you'd want to carry in a race? How long do you think you could endure? You could probably, <laughs> you could probably make it to the end of the platform. <laughs> You can lay them down there at the end of the platform, though, too. Not on Josh's guitar stuff. But anyway, that was mean. So now, I want you to see this. These weights that Christina put in her bag, these weights that built, actually built muscles, are going to be examples of things that we're going to leave in the past. Anxieties, worries, and cares, and failures actually are like an example. Go ahead and get a couple weights. You don't have to get the big guys. Um, are like weights. The word, wonderful word, will build a strong spiritual man. But when life happens, and all of us are in life, all of us are experiencing life. 2018 wasn't just 
a bed of roses for everybody. There was some challenges. There were some situations. There were some things that were troublesome, things to worry about, things to have anxieties about. But when, with a proper word diet, those things happen and you resist it, the word that Christina gave was resistance. When you take that, those weights and use those weights and resist the weight of those, uh, those weights, it actually builds muscle. Problems in our life aren't meant to make you strong. They're meant to kill you. Problems in our lives that come to us aren't meant to make you a spiritual strong specimen. They're meant to defeat you. But when you use the word that comes into your life through listening to the word, through speaking the word, when you use the word against, go ahead, use the word against that and resist those weights in your life, it will make you strong. And you know what? You'll make the devil sorry he gave you any weights. If you'll do the right thing with weights, you'll make him sorry he gave them to you in the first place. Weights in themselves will only weigh you down. And if you're not eating good spiritual food, you won't have the energy and the fuel to resist. You must have the energy to resist, all right? Thank you, my darling. Thank you very much. Let's all. Now, but notice what the verses of Scripture that we started with wasn't about weight lifting. It was about a race. When it comes to running a race, no matter if you have been in the weight room lifting weights and you've been real diligent to eat the right thing and build build uh, muscles on, on, your, on yourself. When it comes to running a, wet, a race, you don't load yourself with those weights. You actually take everything possible off so that you can run. And so when we're running this race in life, there are some things that we're going to have to take off. And the first thing that we want to look at are, uh, is cares and anxieties. You can't, you can't be alive and not have cares and things that come to you to make you anxious. You'd have to just, um, you'd have to just be numbed. You'd have to just nearly be unconscious to not feel life. And life can present some really, really serious things to worry about. And often, we worry about things that are very precious to us, like our family or our, our children, our jobs. We worry about our bodies. We worry about our future. Those are really, really important things. But they become a weight in a race if we don't know how to take them off. 
And so 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, this is a, first, a, a really familiar verse of Scripture with you. 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. You're never going to be able to go into, as a race, into your future carrying worries and cares of your past. Um, so as we get ready to go into 2019, and the, just this second to the last day of the year, any worry and care needs to be identified and unloaded. Sometimes when we un try to unload things on the Lord, uh, we do it wholesale. When we talk to a friend, we do it in particular. We can describe in detail what it is that we're worried about, perhaps, if you're that kind of a person where you process things verbally and you do it, this is what's bothering me, this is what's troubling me, and can give it in detail. You can give dates to it. You can give um, the frequency that it happened. You can, you can give it in 3D. You can give it in, in vivid color. You can give it with tears. You can give it with anger and passion. And then when we cast our care on the Lord, we just do it like a cliche. I just give you my cares. Actually, uh, what I have given you today is to be a tool for you to actually lay off worries and anxieties and leave them behind before you go into next year. That piece of paper that you have right now, if you could look at it, the first thing, the first paper that I've given you is this, forgetting the past. And this first area is anxieties. If you can identify what has made you afraid, what is it that you are concerned about? What are you worrying about? Identify it. And as real, as real as being able to identify this weight, if you are trying to run with this weight, you become more and more conscious of this weight. If you're trying to run in life, you're going to become more and more and more conscious of your worries. And instead of looking into your future at what God has for your future, you're going to become more and more conscious of your hindrances. Does that make sense? So this has to be laid down. It has to be given over to Him because He cares more about this than you do. If you're worried about your kids, you know who loves your kids more than you? He does. Who cares about every aspect of your life. He does. And the difference between him and you is that he actually knows the correct solution. Has anyone in here worried about the same thing longer than, um, uh, you know, like 
10 minutes? Is anybody in here worried about the same thing more than just a week? Worried about the same thing? Some people have so become attached to their worries, it's almost like another member of the family. Those members have just become so much a part of them. And what Paul said here is forgetting it. Well, how do you forget it? You have to be able to unload it on somebody who's going to be responsible with the things that are important and causing anxiety to you. And so this verse of Scripture, 1 Peter 5, 7, says to cast them on him because he cares for you. Let's look at another one. Another thing to, to forget about the past is failures. Ay, ay, ay. Now, we won't take a show of hands to see if anybody in here this last year, 2018, failed. If there's anything that you failed in. Nor will we ask the people that are sitting beside you if they know anything about you that you failed in. <laughs> but, uh, like Tony was saying earlier, uh, you know, we could have fallen, we could have failed, there could have been an area of unfaithfulness. But there is something that we can ask the Lord to help us learn about what we have failed in. But... It is not something that you want to drag with you into 2019. If you drag failures of 2018 or even years before then into 2019, just like we've already demonstrated, you're going to become very, very intently uh, conscious of your failures, and your failures will become a reality of your future. You want to leave them in the past. So you want to learn something about your failures. You can ask the Lord, is there something that I can learn about this so that I don't have to repeat it again? Is there something that I can, I can get smart in this area so that I don't have to do it again? And he leads us into all truth. By, by us handing those over to him, giving him the opportunity to give us truth in all of these areas, um, we can actually learn from what was meant to defeat us. Another thing about failures is not uh, giving excuses. Well, it wasn't my fault. It was my boss. It wasn't my fault. It was, it was just the way that people were treating me. Oh, I wouldn't have fallen except for those people. Wouldn't have fallen or I wouldn't have had a problem if it weren't for them. That kind of action with a failure doesn't get rid of it. It actually develops a, a slick and a slide, no traction per person in a race. You'll find yourself just spinning out and staying where you are. You want to get rid of the failure. Making excuses for it doesn't get rid of it. Gives you a no, no traction in your race. And it also, uh, that's attached, and we've talked about this in recent weeks, about blaming. Blaming will cause you to develop a victim mentality where your past will become your future. And you will be a victim, possibly, of the same thing over and over and over again. No one wants that. We want to forget the things that are in the past, and we want to press forward into the future. 
So we leave anxieties and worries, and not only that, we also leave disappointments. If you could put up slide uh, seven and look at that. The last thing that we uh, want to forget of the past is um, things that make you sad. Things that make you sad. The Lord told me one time that. He said, you need to identify what is stealing your joy and making you sad. Could be something that somebody said to you. It could have been something that happened a disappointment, something that didn't happen that you wanted to have happen, a disillusionment, something that, that didn't come through for you, something that you had an expectation on and it gave way and didn't come through for you. Those things, even though you may not talk about them a lot and sometimes they're even things that are embarrassing, things that make you feel shamed or feel like you aren't, you know, uh, cut out for uh, winning your race. These disappointments are weights. Identify what's made you sad. Identify things that you just feel discouraged when you look. Courage leaves you when you think about them. If something was stolen or something was broken or a relationship is not the way it should be and it makes you sad, identify those things that do make you sad. Losing your joy will make you lose your strength. And if you want to finish your race in life, or especially a little bit closer up, if we want to finish what God has for us even in this next year, 2019. You're going to need strength and you don't need the weight of disappointments and not only the weight of disappointments but also the depletion of strength that comes through disappointment or disillusionment. Now, let's look at, um, let's look at slide, if, can you put up slide nine? Maybe that was sli slide nine. Now, uh, go ahead and look at slide 10. So on this sheet of paper, I would really encourage you to fill out, in particular, it shouldn't, in other words, it shouldn't just have two or three different things on here. Identify things that have been uh, worries, cares, anxieties, failures, and disappointments, disillusionments, Feel it in. Uh, there's lines here provided. If you need extra, there's a whole back page. But what we want to do with this is not frame it. What would be a good thing to do, because we're going to forget the things that are behind, you can do whatever you would like to do with it, uh, like burn it. If you want to burn it in the barbecue. If you want to tear it up and put it in the rubbish, you can do it. If there are some things on there that are very sentimental but are keeping you sad and a better way for you to deal with it is to dig a hole and bury it, you can do it that way. 
you can, if you, if you tear it up in teeny, teeny little pieces, you can put it in the toilet and flush it. Don't put the whole thing there. Don't make a mess. But get rid of this. Identify what you're leaving in the past. All right? Now let's look at what we want to take into the future. Psalms 103 in verse 1. Let's look at that. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, in getting ready to go into 2019, we have to forget some things, as we've already seen. Forget the past, and we've identified the things that we do want to forget in the past. But there, to make it in 2019 and run our race, there's some things that we want to remember. Because remembering the right things will help us. In this verse of Scripture, in Psalms 103, it says, I will remember the good things he has done for me. If you'll put up slide 12 and look at your paper here, giving you uh, just some space to identify what you are grateful for in 2018. Just like we can identify cares or worries and concerns kind of in wholesale, like I just give you all my worries, I give you all my cares, that is not so effective. You want to do it in particular. Identify them. The same thing goes with what we're grateful for. We can say, and just a little while ago, we were thanking him for his faithfulness, thanking him for his goodness. But what has he been good? Identify, uh, identify what it is that we are grateful for. And so um, I've given you this just as an example or a space to be able to start identifying what we're thankful for in 2018. And when you start thinking about it, oh, that list starts growing. Uh, when Tony and I first got married in 20, uh, uh, 20 it was in uh, 1989. We're coming on our 30th anniversary. And, uh, but in this book, every year, at the end of the year, we sat down, both of us together, and identified in the year that we had just come through what we are thankful for. When we had children, we would sit down with the children. We would write down what we are thankful for, that we could remember that God did that year. And each year we would do, I've run out of space in that, and, and I got a new one to start with. This year, just write down what it is that we're thankful for. What gratefulness does in us is it makes a place for joy. In the, in the same way that we don't want to remember the negative things, the anxieties, the failures, the disappointments of the past, because that steals our strength, what gratefulness does is it feeds joy, and joy gives us strength. 
And there are so many good things that God is doing that are going by us every single day. That if we can develop eyes that see and catch the good things, ears that hear the good things, a heart that comprehends the good things, we start seeing more God at work than the devil at work. Sometimes when you're talking to people, they are always saying what bad things are happening, what the devil's up to now, and what bad thing has just happened. But you know, God is always doing. Do you believe God is always doing something? Let's identify what God is doing, and let's be very grateful people. You don't have to just do it one time a year, but for sure at the end of this year as we are on the springboard into 2019, let's remember what God has done in 2018. Now, um, the last thing that we want to look at is on the back side of this page, and it is goals for 2019. 20, if you look at slide 14, or slide 13, is it? Yeah, there it is. So, and I'll explain this in just a little bit, but I'd like you to look at Habakkuk 2 in verse 2. <clears throat> then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Do you see that word there? That he may do what? What, what will the man be able to do that has written a vision and made it plain? What's he able to do? He's able to run. And especially he's able to run if he's laid aside the things that are of the past, the anxieties, the worries, the failures, and the disappointments of the past. He's able to run and, uh, as he is able to see what these goals are. Now, uh, I, I found a, a two or three um, different quotes here that I wanted to show you. Look at this one by Bill Copeland. It says, the trouble with not having a goal is that you can spend your life running up and down the field and never score. He was, um, he was a sports guy. How, how crazy would it be in soccer, in footy, or in any game like that? It to just run up and down, run up and down, and run up and down, and never have the opportunity to score. We have and set goals so that we can use our faith to score in different areas of our life. Norman Vincent Peale, um, very famous for uh, what he claimed in God, for victory in different areas of his life. But look at this, his quote. It says, all successful people have a goal. No one can get anywhere unless he knows where he wants to go and what he wants to be or do. And the last one by Benjamin E. Mays said, it must be borne in mind that the tragedy of life doesn't lie in not reaching your goal. The tragedy lies in having no goals to reach. So now looking back at this piece of paper, and if you can put up slide 18, we're going to look at this again. The first area here, and you may want to add to these. They don't just have to be three or four in each area. 
But this first area here is my spirit. The reason I put that first is because that is the most important part of us. That's the part that's going to live forever. And the Bible says to guard with all diligence our heart, our spirit, because out of that comes every single issue of life. Everything else on this piece of paper is influenced by what happens to you spiritually. So sometimes people make a big effort to, and they, um, they take time away from God to, to build their finances. Or they take time away from God to build a relationship. If I can say it strong enough and bold enough, I'll just say it this way. That's stupid. That's crazy. Because anything that we take time away from God to invest in doesn't have his blessing upon it. We're not doing it with his wisdom and his grace and his strength. We're doing it ourselves. So the very first and the most, the most precious thing that we can invest in first is our spiritual condition. So make some spiritual goals. If you've never read the Bible regularly, make that a goal. If, if talking to God, except for maybe praying for the food, has never been something that you've done, make that a goal. If you've never shared your faith with other people, you could make that a goal. But I'm not just wanting to tell you what your goal should be. Talk to the Lord and ask him what would help you. And make some spiritual goals. The next one is my soul. Your soul is really important. When Christina was up here, and, and we could have asked her some more questions, Liam, and he, he builds his muscles. Have, um, Alex, who plays the drums, they're, they're people who are really, um, really mindful of what they eat because what they eat affects their, their natural strength. Well, what comes in our eyes, what comes in our ears, what we say affects our soul. And if we want a clean soul, if we want a soul that is healthy, then the condition of our soul is really important. One of the ways to keep a soul healthy, because if you don't have a healthy soul, it won't be long until you don't have a healthy body. One of the ways to protect your soul is to keep care free. And that can be a good goal. To don't hold on to grudges long. Practice forgiving quickly. Let things go. Um, th those can be some soulish things. Some things to protect your, your soul and your mind has to do with what you watch and what you listen to. Those can be some goals as well. Maybe you want to learn. Maybe there's a course you would like to take. Don't wait until another decade. If you want to, to build your, um, your knowledge in something, learn. Put that down there. Maybe there's a course this year you, you're to take. 
Make it a goal. Do it. Write it down so that you can run. Your body. Your body is really important. We make jokes about our body, but you're not on this planet unless you have it. We have to take care of our body. If we take care of our body, our bodies will take care of us. So ask the Lord who actually owns your body. We're not our own. We've been bought with a prize. Ask him if he's happy with how you're treating your body. If there's something that you need to do differently to help the health of your body, your relationships. If there's a relationship that you'd like to just strengthen, maybe it's not even broken, but just strengthen. I know often Tony and I, it's probably every year, we have there, we, we want our marriage to be stronger and stronger. There is no marriage, there is no marriage that is in this race together that doesn't feel strains and pressures from life. Every marriage will feel those. But praise the name of the Lord with his wisdom those relationships can get stronger. Amen? So not only those, but your family relationships, your friend relationships, your relationship with the Lord. Ask the Lord about your goals for relationships, your finances. Now, when it comes to finances, let's not, let's just mark wherever we are this year and be better by the end of next year. Let's believe the Lord for increase. Is that okay? Because if we freely receive, we're able to freely give. And something that Tony and I have done over the years, and we'll do it again this year, we want to believe God to be able to give more. Because He gives. He gives. So for us to be like Him... We want to be able to give more. We, and to do that, we have to receive more. I was telling Juliana today, yesterday when I was, I was just praying in one of the rooms in our house, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, you have seed that needs to be sown. And he wasn't talking to me even about money at that time. There's things I have that really aren't mine. They're for somebody else. Look around. What do we have that could be given to somebody? Could bless somebody else's life? What about, what about the kingdom of God? Can we believe God for, for greater offerings? For us to be able to be a blessing to more people, like um, our missions offering today. We want to be able to give. There are more places. There's more islands. There's more people that we want to give to. Let's do it together. And let's do it individually. And then there's also a place here for other goals as well. So, as we're right here at the end of 2018 and the beginning, just in a couple days, of 2019, let's not end this year with just the TV or just with friends, just with natural food, I want to encourage you to take some time, either just personally 
privately, or maybe if you want to do it as a family, maybe with a friend, but do it. Take some time and shut everything else out except for him. Ask him about what he has in mind for 2019. As I've prayed, even this last week, I tell you what I keep getting in my heart. I know that this year coming up is going to be a ride. What does that mean? Well, my dad was a, a rodeo cowboy when he was young. And I don't know if you've watched any of the documentaries about rodeos, but... Um, you know, they're in those teeny, teeny little chutes and they, they mount on the whatever the beast is that they're riding, whether it's a horse or a, a, a steer or a bull. And uh, that's the calmest it's going to be. And there's that snorting and, you, they, you know, they can feel that animal's muscles rippling under them. And as soon as the chute opens, man, I'm telling you, and here we go. And that's called a ride. I also, in Colorado, where I'm from, we have uh, what we enjoy. You pay to scare yourself out of the wazoo. It's uh, whitewater rafting. And you get in these rafts and you hang on for for dear life. Actually, the ride can be quite nice. It'd be just lazing along, you know, this little river. But that's not what you pay for. You pay for the white water. You pay for the water that makes you want to scream. You do scream. You just hang on. And then you get out of the boat and you do it again. <laughs> it's crazy. So when I've prayed, I've had it in my heart. This next year is going to be a ride. Don't be taking stuff into next year that you don't need in a race. Leave it. Leave it behind. In these rides, praise the name of the Lord, for the great, great victories, great, great glory, so this next year is going to have some, some thrill. But we're doing this with a guide who's been down this river. And we can trust him. And we're all staying in the boat. And at the end of 2019, we're all going to be better and stronger and, and, and full of courage and full of faith. Hallelujah. We're going to have testimonies to tell. Yes, we are. Another thing that the Lord has been saying to me about 2019 is he said it's a year of preparation. 2019 is not our destination. 2019 is a year of preparation. And if we will prepare well in 2019, it's going to set us up for not just the next year, but the years to come. There's some great investment into these areas of our life that God is inviting us to do. 
Just real quickly, I want to just refer to a couple verses of Scripture, and then I want to pray with you. In 2 Kings, the third chapter and fourth chapter, there are two examples of great preparation. You can look at that in your own Bible. I'm not going to take you through the whole stories. But great preparation. One had to do with a, a, a provision miracle where there was just a teeny bit of oil in a little cruise of oil, teeny little cruise of oil. And God told this widow woman through a prophet to get as many vessels as she could find. And she did. She filled her house up with vessels from the neighbors. And she started pouring that teeny little cruise of oil, teeny little cruise of oil into great big vessels. And the oil never ran out until she ran out of her preparation. There was enough oil to fill every single vessel that she had prepared. Make great preparation in 2019 because there are some days yet ahead of 2019 that we can't even describe. Don't just have one little vessel. Make abundant provision. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are the God who sees and you can help us with the past. You can help us peel our fingers off of worries. You can help us root out weeds of anxieties. You can help us unload with the heaviness of failures. And I thank you this morning that you meet us all individually and as people look unto you that their face is lightened and they will not be ashamed that whatever has happened and whatever's made them cry, whatever made them angry, whatever made them depressed, whatever's made them so heavy, I thank you they can leave it in the past. We thank you for the help and the strength and the wisdom of God to let things go. Can you just put your hands up like this to God? Now, oh, Father, this isn't, this isn't what people are going to be doing individually together with you. But right now, I thank you that a work begins. That whatever we've carried in our souls, our minds, our bodies, we're going to release it and let it go to you in Jesus' precious name. Now, with your hands still raised to him, I just would like you to receive from him right now. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your wisdom right now that is coming. Your love and your mercy that is coming. Your grace that is coming. Thank you, Father, for hope. 
no matter what has happened in the past, I thank you that everyone has a grand and great hope in what lies ahead. I thank you for great victories in the future. In Jesus' precious name. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.